Thank you, our sister Sharon. Uh, friends, I have a scripture for us. Uh, Paul's second letter to Timothy, chapter two, that's chapter two, verse two, that says, "And the things you have heard me say, in the presence of many witnesses, entrust them, entrust reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others." And send the things that we have heard our sister say in the presence of all of us that are, all of us that are here it is our duty to send it out to send a message out there and so let us respond to the message in prayer heavenly father we thank you for the message that we have received this evening we thank you that you have called us back to you that you have your mission in corruption something that we are doing in so many in so many different types, Lord, thank you that you have still called us back to you because you want us to be holy. Father, we say thank you for the message that we have received. Thank you for using your servant, Sharon. Father, we have heard your message. We have heard you speak to us. And so, Lord, take all the glory, take all the honor, take all the praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we have prayed. Amen. Friends, I have a few key prayer points that we are going to pray through. And number one, we are going to repent where we have compromised. As believers, those of us that have heard the message, what areas of your life have you compromised? Where have you compromised? Even in cases of corruption, where have you compromised and given into? So we are going to repent. We are going to repent where we have compromised. And uh, we are going to pray that form any longer to the patterns of the world. Still then, we are going to pray for those, those that we know are continually involved in sin, for example, bestiality, uh, so many things. And so we need to also bring them to God in prayer. And finally, we shall pray for our hearts. We shall pray for a renew of our hearts because we need to live a life that pleases the Lord. And so, Father, here we are this evening. Here we are this evening before you, Lord. We have compromised. We have compromised your standards as your children, as your people, as your royal priests, Lord. We come back to you in repentance. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. We have compromised and we have given into sin. We have compromised your standards. And yet, Lord, we know. That this we must not do. Yes, Lord, your word says in John fourteen fifteen, Lord, you say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. But Father, we have only said we love you and we have not kept your commandments. We have not lived in accordance to your commandments. Lord, we ask for mercy. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, King of Kings. We have continually given into sin. We have continually given into compromising your standards, compromising your word. Lord, we ask for mercy. For you remind us in your word in Hebrews 10. Lord, your word says that if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of your truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. And so, Lord, we ask for mercy. And friends, as we ask the Lord for mercy, as we repent, we should purpose not to do these things again. We should purpose not to go back to our own vomit. Yes, 
As we ask for cleansing, we should be deliberate. That the Lord, who is God in us, who he listens, who hears each and every prayer that is made, will forgive us will forgive us and that we shall also be genuine as we ask for mercy. My Lord and my Father, we present ourselves to you. We have compromised your word. We have compromised your standards. We have given into the desires of our flesh. Lord, we ask for mercy. We ask for mercy, King of Kings. We have heard in your word. That's most of us, most of us have given into sin. Most of us have given into corruption. Most of us have given into so many evil things. Lord, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Most of us have deliberately even chosen to sin. My Lord and my Father, we come back to your throne. We come back to your throne of mercy. We ask for mercy, Jesus. Do not look away from us. Do not cast us away from your presence, Lord. But we ask for a cleansing. We ask for a cleansing, Lord. We plead the blood of the Lamb to cleanse us, to renew us, Lord. Let there be a cleansing, Lord. Let there be a cleansing. Let there be a cleansing, Father. Forgive us, have mercy on each one of us, have mercy on us as your people, as your in, as individuals, as your, as your people, Lord, we ask for mercy. Forgive us, Lord. I do not know, I do not know what the Spirit is saying, is, is reminding you about, but this is the moment to open up and ask Him and say those things out that, that you desire cleansing, that you desire mercy. Yes, his mercy has, his mercies are new each and every morning and he's the Lord of all mercy. I do not know, but yes, loosen up and ask the Lord for mercy. Repent. His word in Ezekiel says, repent and live. Yes, the enemy is there to accuse us, to accuse us. But there, his mercies, his mercies is the father of all mercies, my Lord and my father. Forgive us, Lord. Remember mercy for each one of us here. Remember mercy for each one of us here, Lord. Forgive us. We come back to the heart of worship. With all our hearts, with a broken heart, Lord, we come back to you. We come back to you. Yes, Lord, forgive us. We have compromised. We have given into the desires of the flesh. We have given into the things of the world. My Lord and my Father, we ask for mercy, forgive us. And Lord, your word says that you are faithful, that you are just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And we ask that you help us, Lord. Help us not to go back to these things. Give us the grace, Lord. Give us the grace that we shall not do these things again. Fill us with your power. Fill us with your power, Lord, that we shall not do these things again, that we shall not go back into the world, that we shall not go back into doing these things that do not please you, Lord. Lord, we need you. You alone are our help. You alone are our everything. You alone. Father, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, that we want to live lives that please you, that please only you, Father, because when we live, we live for you, Lord. 
Help us, Lord. Help us, Father. And friends, let's continue to pray that we shall not conform to the standards of this world. Romans 12, verse 2 reminds us, do not conform any longer to the standards of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Some of us have have almost almost off into the patterns of the world. We have given ourselves into the patterns of the world, and that is what we are getting into. That is how we are rolling life. But he's calling us back, and he's reminding us not to conform any longer to the patterns of the world. I do not know what pattern, what's, what's, what, which areas of your life you have conformed to the patterns of our world. Yes, yes, his mercies are still available for us. His mercies are still new. Yes, we need to repent and we should purpose that we shall not do, we shall not go back, but we shall ask for transformation, for renew of the mind. My Lord and my Father. Where we have given into the patterns of the world, forgive us. Where we have given into the patterns of the world, in the different areas of our lives, in the different, in the different areas of our families, of the nation, of the church, where we have given into the leading of the world, Lord, we ask for mercy. You remind us clearly in your word in, 12, in, in Romans 12 too, that we should not conform any longer to the patterns of the world. But we've instead, we've instead disobeyed you and given into such patterns. Lord, forgive us for disobedience. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Father. Remember mercy, Lord. Remember mercy, King of Kings. Remember mercy, Father. Remember mercy, O Lord. We cry out mercy this evening, Father. Have mercy on us. Have mercy. We have given into things of the world, into the pleasures of the world. Lord, we come back to your throne to ask for mercy. We come back to your throne, Lord. Renew us. Renew us, Lord. Renew our minds. Renew everything about us, our ears, our eyes, our bodies, everything about us, Lord. Let there be a renewal. Let there be a transformation, my Lord. Let there be a transformation, my Lord and my King. Transform us into what you want us to be, into the the ways of life that you want us to live. Father, We cry out to you because we know that there is nothing impossible with you. You're the creator of mankind. There is nothing impossible with you, Lord. That is why we choose to come back to you, to cry out to you, Lord, to come back to your throne, my Lord and my Father. Transform us into what you want us to be. Transform our minds. Transform everything about us, Lord. We loosen up, Lord. And we, de- we, we decide to let you be God. We decide to let you be, to let you be God over our lives, to let you be God in our families, in this nation, Lord. Father, we come back to you, Lord. We come back to you, the heart of worship. The heart of worship, Lord. You alone are our help. 
You alone are our everything. Your word says you are living. You are active. And yes, we also know and we testify that you are living and active. And so, Lord, we still ask for a renewal, a transformation that only you we shall live in you alone, Father. And Lord, we pray for those other people, those that we may know, those that we may not know, that, Father, they, they may be or they are involved in new ways of committing evil, in new ways of committing sin. Maybe it even, even it's about us that we are quick to devise evil schemes, evil ways of doing things. Yes, remind us in your word in Ephesians 6, that we do not fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against strongholds in the heavenly realms. And so, Father, we ask that you empower us. Empower us, Lord. Empower us that we shall be able to overcome all forms, all types of the enemy's schemes, that, Lord, we shall not be people who will devise new ways of committing sin. No, Lord, we say no. We reject that thing in us, Lord. We reject it in the name of Jesus. That, Father, we want to live lives that please you. Even for those, those, those others, Lord, those that we know, we, those that we know, those that we do not know, we ask that, Father, even then, that you forgive them. That you forgive them. That you remember mercy on them, Lord, and for them, mighty Lord, that you even give them the grace to remind them, to convict them that what they are doing is not right. What they are doing is not right, that there shall be that conviction, that, Lord, that they will return to you with all their hearts, with all their minds and everything about them. Lord, have your way. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. And friends, final as we pray, let us pray for, let us pray that our hearts shall be for God. Our hearts shall be for God and the things that we shall be shall be things of God. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 and 10 reminds us that the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? And verse 10, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. And so, friends, let us pray. Let us pray that our hearts shall be hearts of God, shall be hearts that are yearning to do good, that are yearning to do the work of the Lord that are yearning to do things of the Lord. Father, here we are before you. You alone search the hearts. You alone examine the mind. Father, we ask that you renew our hearts. You renew our mind to your likeness, to your likeness, Lord, that the things that we shall do shall be things that bring glory to your name, shall be things that lift your name on high, shall be things that, Father, Others will see and your name will be glorified. That those things that we do that are not right, things that are not right. But Father, we ask that you forgive us. We ask that you forgive on us for we desire to live lives that please you, lives that bring glory to your name. And so this evening, 
This evening, Lord, we ask that you shall renew our hearts, that even then we shall keep in you, that even then we shall keep in you, that we shall keep even then in your presence, because your presence is heaven to us, because there, Lord, there, there, there is power, there is freedom. Lord, we ask that you you create in us hearts that are yearning for your word, hearts that are yearning to do good, and we shall actually do good. And so, Lord, we pledge allegiance to you this evening, that the things that we shall be, do, the things that we shall be, the, the things that we shall do shall be things that bring glory to your name, that our hearts shall be filled with your word, that our hearts shall be filled with your goodness, that our hearts shall be filled with you, with your love, with your kindness, Lord. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for leading us in prayer. But I just want us to pray a little more, considering our topic of discussion. Our topic for discussion this evening is man in increasing corruption. Man in increasing corruption. It is not uh, a new thing to us. And we are going to explore together. Um, so I just want us to spend some time, some more time, like maybe five or ten more minutes to pray. As we, I know we have prayed. But let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, the Father of our Savior and Lord, Jesus Christ. Maureen, are you able to hear me? Hello? Maureen? We hear you. The leader? We hear you. Okay. We can hear you. Okay, let's continue in prayer. Lord our God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanks. We worship you. We honor you. We magnify you. We exalt you. Friends, I just want to encourage you to exalt the Lord this, this evening. Let's, let's spend some more minutes to worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Lord, you are our God. Your El Shaddai. Your Elohim. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. There is none like you, Lord our God. You alone is mighty. You alone is awesome. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this evening. We thank you for your mercies that has carried us through the day. We thank you, King of glory. We worship you, Lord our God. We worship you, Lord our God. We ascribe greatness to you because you are our God. Lord, we thank you that even when we are corrupt, even when we are wicked, when we come to you in repentance, you do not send us away. You do not send us away. You receive us just the way we are. You receive us even in our fallen nature. You receive us because it is by grace. It is by your grace 
that we've been set free. It is by your grace that we've been delivered. It is by your grace that we've been redeemed. It is by the grace of God that none of us can boast. None of us can boast. None of us can boast. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. And this evening, we invite your Holy Spirit. We invite your Holy Spirit to indwell each one of us on the call. Each one of us that Tonight, none of us will leave this call without a message from you, Lord. Lord, you speak to us by your spirit. You will minister to us by your spirit. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Oh, Jesus, we invite you. Oh, Lord, we invite you. We invite you. We invite you. We invite you. We We give you praise, Lord our God. We give you praise, Lord our God. We give you glory, Lord our God. Holy Spirit, we yield our lives to you this evening. We yield our hearts to you this evening. We yield our spirits to you this evening. We, we, we submit to you, O Holy Spirit of, of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord our God. As we worship you, as we worship you, you are Jehovah. You are Yahweh. You are Jehovah Jireh. You're the Lord God, our provider. There could be people who are struggling with, with, with luck, with luck. Tonight, I pray that they will receive an assurance that, that, that you're the Lord, our provider. There could be people who are struggling with, with, with sin and, and, and the guilt of it. Master, I pray that tonight they may receive the assurance that they've been forgiven that they've been set free, that they've been, they've been admitted in the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that tonight, tonight you release us, you release us. There could be somebody who is struggling with one thing or the other. Lord, I pray that tonight chains will be broken, chains will be broken. Deliverance will take place. Healing will take place as we, as we wait in your presence as you minister to us. Thank you, Jesus. And blessed be your holy name. And the children of God say, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for reading the text for us. But I I just want to re-echo it again. Our topic for discussion is money in increasing corruption. And the text is from Genesis chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. Genesis, Genesis chapter 6, from verse 1 to 7. I read from NIV. And, and, and it reads, when human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, The sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful, and they married any of them they chose. Verse 3. Then the Lord saw, then the Lord said, My spirit will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal. Their days will be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God went 
to the daughters of humans and had children by them. They were the heroes of old men of renown. They were the heroes of old men of renown. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. Verse 6, the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on earth and his heart was deeply troubled. Was deeply troubled. troubled. Verse 7, so the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, and the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. This is the word of God. Praise the Lord. And children of God say, Amen. Hallelujah. Um, are you able to hear me? Sometimes the network is not uh, stable. I, I just want to know that you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Sharon. That's our text. That's our text. And for our discussion, we shall seek to explore uh, two, two aspects. We want to understand or want to discuss this increasing corruption as pointed out from our text. And for us to be able to appreciate the concept, I thought we try to appreciate what corruption is. And um, it is that, that, human, that race that is called an Ephilim. We will try to explore what, who they are and what they are. We'll try to see whether they are actually our source of, of, of corruption or the humans are actually the source of their own corruption. Praise the Lord. So, briefly, what is corruption? Um, when you, you mention the word corruption, your, one's mind quickly runs to, you know, some government official who has embezzled some money or some politician who has, um, you know, done something outrageous. That's where you, 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 we tend to focus. But I thought that we, we just try to understand what this corruption actually is, according to our text. And uh, from uh, the literature that I, I, I reviewed and looked at, uh, one of them being the Webster's New World College Dictionary, the fourth edition, they, 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 they try to explain that corruption is moral depravity. It is a state of being dishonest. It is moral decay or petrification. It is moral perversion. It is evil or wicked behavior. It is dishonest dealings. It is rottenness or uh, or purity, it is perversion of integrity, it is bribery, and the list is, is, on and, is, is endless. But those are highlighted, and, and I'm not going to just to, to go to each one of them. They, they are English words, and I want to believe that uh, we understand what, what they are. 
for example, moral depra depravity, you know, like that the person that is described to be to be to be that would be said that they are morally bankrupt they do not have any any moral up any moral um good in them now when you think closely about the list you know that at any at one point you can actually find yourself in any of 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 these aspects like dishonest dealings you know sometimes we are involved in dishonest dealings and you can be involved knowingly or unknowingly and and especially people who work in government and government agencies sometimes i take time to pray for 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 you because sometimes you're involved in something that is that you 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 you're ignorant about the dealing is actually <laughs> dishonest but you haven't discovered it and i keep praying that the, that the lord would give you the spirit of discernment every time there is something for you to be able to discern that you know this dealing it it is not honest and and it's not only for people who work in government offices or in public sector even us in the private sector sometimes you are caught up in really a dealing that is actually you discover this was a dishonest dealing you know but that is corruption and it is increasing according to to to, to our topic praise the lord so we we want to look at some other aspects you know other than just the words other than just a list of words corruption is 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 been explained by many scholars many scholars and and I liked this particular one um professor emeritus uh, Pat, uh Petris van de van dien for him he, he suggests that uh corruption um is um you get it in the process of in the in the decision making process whereby the decision maker consents to deviate or demands deviation from the criterion which should rule his or her decision making in exchange for a reward for the promise or expectation of a reward you know and 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 i found that captivating it in the in the decision making process uh, how is your decision making process like and that is not only for for your work it can even be for your family you know have you deviated from the 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 biblical standard set for your family for example is your decision making process you know are you bending the rules when it comes for example to disciplining children are you bending the rules 
in, in your relationship with your wife or with your husband, you know, are you deciding, you know, uh, this one I can dodge it this way? You know, he has he has brought like <laughs> brought a broader aspect of what would would call moral decadence. It is in the, in the in the thought process. Hallelujah. So briefly, that is what this this aspect of corruption you would uh, explain it. But according to our text, according to our text. You know, we look at this, this, which is sin or wickedness, and uh, it, it, the text helps us to to refocus our minds from what has been made to be understood as corruption. Okay, so we appreciate that corruption is 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 to do with the, the thought process of a man of a human being it is to do with his actions it is to do with his 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 standards you know and and it is it is something that can happen to you knowingly with your consent or you participate in it innocently without your knowledge praise the lord and, and as I looked at the text, you know, I I I, I just saw the Lord that scripture where, where the Lord says, "The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth had become, and that every inclination." Now, the word inclination is not the the what you'd think like inclining. It is. It refers to feelings, you know, that every feeling or every predisposition or every disposition or every nature or character or outlook of a man, that inclination. And then thoughts. Thoughts in this context, it is, it is talking about the opinion, the views, the feelings, the judgments. You know, is your is your is your moral judgment correct? Is it based on the on the principles set in the word of God? You know, rulings, decisions, verdicts, that's the thoughts. That's what the scripture is is highlighting, you know. And then the Lord saw how great man's wickedness or man's views, or man's feelings, or man's judgments, or man's rulings, or man's decisions, you know, or, or, or man's verdicts, or his, of his heart. Now, the heart, we, we know that it is a center of emotions, it is a center of feelings, it is a center of passions. It is the core. It is where the mood of a human being, I think, is located. I maybe the scientists will help us. It is a center of attitudes. It is where sentiments come from. 
it is it is what controls the temperament of 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 a person it is the personality that is the heart so god is 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 saying in the scripture that he saw you know how all those aspects that i've talked uh, uh, spoken about you know had of, of a man had become wicked like there was nothing good about this particular man nothing good at all and the lord was grieved the lord was sorry you know as you read that scripture you 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 reflect on your own and and you want to ask yourself when god looks at my heart does he feel excited does he get excited or is he sorry that you know my heart of the thoughts of my heart is wicked that captivated me and 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 declare about you like he did for job you know have you seen my servant job no there's no one else like him on 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 the earth you know that is the state you want your heart to be in that god can be can have a testimony about you when god looks at your heart when god looks at my heart can he declare about you like like he does for noah you know noah he is 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 considered righteous even amidst a wicked generation because this text is 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 not far from 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 noah's time you know not far i mean that's why god is is deciding ah uh-uh, i'm done with man i'm done with a human race i'm done i need to wipe them off the face of the earth and unfortunately he's not deciding to wipe out only the human race but even the animals the beasts you know and as 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 i did reflection on this text especially in as far as the nephilim is are concerned the the, the sons the sons of god i kept thinking why would god decide to punish the creatures ideally that would have uh you would say were innocent and as i as i read around as i as i reflected i i have a feeling that they were not like the the beasts were not as innocent as they had also been corrupted because i i i am of the opinion that, that this race this these sons of god did not only corrupt the human race but they also corrupted the beasts there's probably they probably there was bestiality is the lord so i try to look to understand these sons of god this the nephilim that the scripture then highlights you know and and as i i i i stumbled on the hebrew bible and um it, it, the caption that captivated me was still this text but 
in in the in the Hebrew version, Hebrew Bible version, it says that the Nephilim refers to a group of mysterious beings or people of unusually large size and strength who lived both before and after the flood. And I wanted to understand why is man so corrupt? Why is is man increasingly corrupt? And that corruption has not stopped. It has been going on even in our time. Praise the Lord. So those that's the race that other than the fall of Adam in the Garden of Eden, there is this group that has looked at the daughters of men. These are not human beings. You know, the, the literature available tries to describe them for you, but you know that the human language has, has flaws in, in descript, describing things, especially when they are not physical things or spiritual things. So it is difficult to tell whether the, these angels wore human bodies or they wore human um, sexual organs, whatever, met, however, whatever method they used, they corrupted the human race by producing with them beings that are both human, but they are abnormal. They are abnormally human. Praise the Lord. Maureen, if you say amen, I'll know that we are you're hearing. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So so they produce offsprings that you know <laughs> when according to verse four, verse one to four, these Nephilims they pro they, they they bring about a race that is that that is superior. To, to the normal human race, men of renown, they probably did extraordinary things. They probably had uh, sophisticated technology. They, they because when you continue reading the scriptures, you realize that these are warriors. They are not sim sim simple beings, you know. But they corrupted the human race. No wonder God then looks at the human person and, and declares him to be totally corrupt. Like everything about man became corrupt except for Noah. Except for Noah. Now, what were the Nephilims then, according to, to, to the literature, you know, you've had people talk about the book of Enoch, the book of Asher, the extra literature available suggests, you know, but in reference to the text that we are looking at, to the text that we are looking at, also suggests that this race the, the result of the intermarriage between the sons of God and the daughters of men produced giants, superior heroes who did acts of great evil. You know, 
and I found that that highlighted they did not only do they were not only heroes you know when we say heroes it it connotes it connotes uh positive um heroic acts they did great which i which corrupted the human race you know and they, they had great power they had great abilities but they were they were literal beings they were physical beings they were they were not necessarily spiritual like like angels no these guys were physical as as we see in the in the scriptures you know how do we know that they were physical you 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 think about the account of goliath i think he came from this this particular race you 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 think about you think about numbers numbers chapter 13 and verse 33 the the israelites they they clearly point out to 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 Moses that when they went to spy the land they found the nephilim there the descendants of anak you know and they, their description is that they the israelites seemed like grasshoppers in their own eyes and in the eyes of the, the, those guys the the, the nephilim they looked I, i don't know i mean by the time you describe yourself as a grasshopper you just you look <laughs> at yourself and you realize eh i am a, as 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 compared to this being i am a draft Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 11 talks of king og of bashan whose size of the bed and i really found this this amazing his bed size is said to have been more than 9 cubits long and 4 cubits wide clearly a giant i i i don't know whether we have um, people whose whose beds are that long you know more than the scripture says more than 9 cubits cubits long uh, that's quite long um i didn't try to convert these cubits to see how 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 long they they are in meters but i know that there are mathematicians on this call who can quickly do that joshua chapter 11 verse 22 the bible records of the anakites hmm? the anakites this is the, 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 the that that group you know although that scripture tells us that Joshua wiped out the anakites in the in the territories where the, the children of Israel of Israel settled we are told that this particular race or group the anakites they remained in gaz they remained in gath and ashdod they survived you know but perhaps the israelites fought them and wiped them out and as 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 i i kept thinking through the scripture 
up to now the question that lingers in my mind is 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 there a possibility that there is a gene or you know a genetic some something in the human race coming from this group you know is is there a possibility now this is this group is what corrupts man to the extent that you know god is 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 displeased and we see that corruption still increases even in our time even in our time first samuel chapter 17 verse 4 to 7 is where you you find the story of goliath and as as you know we have read this this goliath story from from sunday school today but i had never thought you know like taken time to think through about how big this guy was you know we always say oh no he was a giant you know david threw a giant but you know that that portion of scripture say talks about his attire alone man his his coat his cloak you know his, <laughs> his armor jacket so to, to call it the, the thing was 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 weighty you know his coat weighed close to 57.1 kilograms in our time, in 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 our conversion because the scripture says that it was 5000 shekels 5000 and then his spear the the sharp the, the the pointed finger of his spear was 15 kilograms six i, I think 600 shekels being carried by one man and now i'm not talking about shoes i'm not talking about javelin i'm not talking about belt because i mean he was fully fully uh, clothed that tells you that these guys were not ordinary guys they were superior and their intention from what we have read was to corrupt the human race and they did and no wonder god is displeased with a human with a humans to the extent that he thinks of wiping them out and he does god sends the flood and wipes them out but this corruption remains for some you know it it, it did not die the the human race even after the flood you would have thought that now god has started a new chapter with a human race but no the the human being remains corrupt even though noah was a righteous man the people that then come out of him maybe since the scripture says that there were nephilims before the flood and after the flood maybe the the beings after the these beings after the flood continue to de, to corrupt the human race so much so that even in our time 
we are inclined to evil. Evil is more attractive to the human being. And now we have even invented invented new methods of doing evil. New methods. The human is constantly looking for new methods of committing sin. And, and it, 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 it shouldn't surprise us, really. This is, where we co- this is where it comes from. You know, I was looking at the, the current technology, for example. You have heard of metaverse, meta, met, metaverse, 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 something like that. And, and the, 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 the human... The humans are trying to create a virtual virtual reality. And I as looking as 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 looking online that you can actually live in both both worlds, in the virtual world and do business there and maybe marry there, have a house there or you know associate with the people there using technology and then also live here with us on earth. If the concept develops, will we have the human being as as normal as as the human is now? New New methods is what I'm talking about. The human being keeps looking for new methods of of committing evil, of being corrupt, new evil. But you know, there's a group that is suggesting that the Nephilims are still here with us, or at least their traits are still here with us. You know that there are people committing bestiality. There are people who, for them, they find sleeping with animals appealing. The woman is willing willing to to marry a cat. You know, weds with her pussycat, and uh, <laughs> it is a wedding. New ways of doing evil, corrupt to the core. You know, you keep thinking about a man who produces his own daughters and then marries them or, or, or defiles them. You think about a man who, a, a grown-up man, 40, who defiles a baby of eight months. You, science would want to declare that person as probably mentally unstable, but sometimes they test this person and they are sane. What possesses that person is something that is not normal. New ways of committing evil, increasing corruption, morally bankrupt, and that is where Man is operating from. That is the world 
in which we are living you know but you know you think about when you think about it whether they can be whether the nephilims are still here corrupting the human race or, or they are not you go to jude jude uh, jude verse 6 jude records for us that those creatures that left their their habitation they left their original estate you know we are told that they are they are they are in chains you know god put their mingling with with humans to 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 stop but not every demon is is chained maybe there are those that are here and are corrupting the human race even in our time so what should you do as a, as the christian what should i do as the child of god you know since man's journey continues to be corrupt man's man keeps inventing new methods of of being corrupt you 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 want to come to god you want to stick to god friends you want to stick to christ praise the lord the other aspect that you know you look at is 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 pointed out in romans romans chapter 1 from verse 23 to 30 paul describes the nature of man the nature of a man without god i just want us to read it to read it verbatim romans romans chapter 1 Romans chapter 1 Romans chapter 1 from verse 23 and up so please yes, I will put it down from verse 23 Paul records and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like a mortal human being and birds and animals and reptiles therefore god gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another verse 25 they exchanged the truth about god for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised amen verse 26 because of this god gave them over to shameful lusts even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones verse 27 in the same way the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lusts for one another men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error 28 furthermore 
just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. So God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do not so that they do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, verse 30, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. You know, reason being, God gave them over. It, friends, it gets to a point when God gets tired, I, I think. He's patient, of course. God is, is merciful, of course. God is compassionate, of course. God is gracious, yes. But he gets to a point when he leaves you to your depravity. It would be sad for a believer, for God to declare that he has now left you because he has, he has tried you around. He has brought this preacher. He has brought the other sister. He has brought this brother. He has brought this priest, priest to, to try and, and bring you back to himself. And I think he gets to a point where he says, let me leave this human being to wallow in, 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 the, in their wickedness. Friends, we do not want to get to a point where God says, I have given up on, on this one. We want to stick to God. And, and really, I, I, I thank God for Jesus. You know, you, you, when, you, when you consider the fact that God has not handed you over to your own to your own sinfulness, to your own wickedness. He has, he has provided a way out for the human being. Then you understand that God is merciful. Then you understand that God is gracious. Then you understand that God is loving. Because man, the way God has described the, the heart of man, there would be no reason why God should continue to contend with us, should continue to cajole us, should continue to, you know, to interest us to come to him if it wasn't for his mercy, if it wasn't for his mercy. So you thank God for Jesus and for the fact that you know Jesus. As I bring this discussion to a close, I kept thinking about the text highlighted in Matthew, Matthew chapter 23, I mean chapter 13 from verse 23. I also want us to, to read it. Matthew, Matthew chapter 13, Matthew 13, verse 23. I will not read all of it. But in that text, in that text, Jesus is talking about the, the, the seed 
you know. He's talking about the 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 gardener who has planted his garden and the the wheat is growing together with the tares together you know and perhaps the gardener is not able to identify that this is a tear for those who have planted millet let me talk about the millet is what i understand i don't understand wheat millet in the garden of of millet there will be things that look like millet in the in the runyankole they are called the nchezi they are not they look like millet at the at the start but when the millet starts to produce the grain the the fingers then you realize that this particular one is not is not genuine it is it is a fake you know now we seem to have humans who are a fake they look <laughs> they look as human beings everything about them they are human beings they have flesh and blood or, or at least they look like they have flesh and blood but when you look at what they are doing you want to think twice am i dealing with a human being am i dealing with purely a tear you know and and as as i looked at the the text in genesis i kept thinking is it possible that we have tears you know, now i'm not talking about man who is lost in sin no i'm talking about a being who is clothed in the human skin but actually is not necessarily a human being because i i know that the that that the devil influences the, the way people act sometimes but there are outrageous things that people commit and you 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 think about it and you can't believe that it is a human being that this is being done by a human being you know so when god then when paul then writes and says god gave them over you know he handed them over to they are depraved then you understand how grieved god's heart must be when he looks at man unwilling to come to christ going further and further and inventing new ways of of doing evil but like i said you thank god for jesus friends you want to thank god that you're born again thank god that you're born again thank god that there is there is mercy there is grace still available but there's such a time as grace not being available and we want to really praise the lord that we are born again i just want us to pray and especially for people that do not know christ people that do not know christ i don't know about you but me i have members of my family who don't know christ who do not know the lord and when you think about them you you want to bring them to the lord to ask god 
these, these ones, don't hand them over to their depravity. Have mercy upon them. Have mercy upon us. Don't, don't, don't send us away from yourself. Draw us close. Draw them close because mercy is available. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. And, and I'm going to encourage us to really pray because you're the one who knows. You're the one who knows. You probably have a sister, a, a brother, an uncle, you know, who is not born again. What will it profit me to inherit heaven and then see my relatives in hell? Because somehow I believe that we'll be able to see on the other side. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the Father of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, we give you praise. We give you glory. We thank you that you did not give us up to, uh, to the depravity of our hearts. You did not let us die in our wickedness. You have put out salvation for us in the person of Jesus. You invite us on a daily basis to come to you in repentance. This evening, Lord, I bring to you members of our families that are not born again, that have no idea about the love of Jesus. Father, I pray that you draw them close to yourself. Because it's only the Holy Spirit who convicts of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Heavenly Father, I pray that they will obtain grace through the Holy Spirit. That they will be convicted of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That they may come to the knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus. Lord, I pray for every believer on this call, that we will not shy away from sharing the gospel wherever you have placed us, in our offices, in our homes, in the marketplace where we buy things, in the supermarket where we talk to the people at the, the, the paying desks, to the bank, in the banks where we go to bank our monies. Lord, as we interact with people in the taxi, on a border, Heavenly Father, you are always presenting an opportunity for us to share the good news of the gospel with the people that are, are, are lost. Lord, I pray that we will be willing vessels. We will not shy away from sharing the gospel, especially in this our city, in this our city of Kampala. Lord, where we are operating on a daily basis, there's always an opportunity to share the good news with somebody. Lord, I pray that you'll give us a burden, a burden. Yes, we can go out for mission. Yes, we can go to Karamoja. Yes, we can go to, 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 to outside Kampala. We can go, but there is Kampala here that is not evangelized. Lord, I pray that you, you will give us that burden to share the good news, the good news of Jesus, beginning from Jerusalem to Judea 
unto the utmost parts of the earth. Lord, that your name may be glorified. Thank you, Jesus. How will they come to you if they have not heard? Oh, Lord, how will they hear if we keep quiet? May we be willing vessels to open our mouth, our mouths to speak of the goodness of the Lord in this land of the living, that your name, Lord Jesus, may be glorified. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. And that believers say, Amen.